Hey everyone, this is Michael. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Today on the show, we continue our series, Infinite Hope, The Pursuit of Happiness. We go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, where Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We're back with Jonathan Coker and his insights into Jesus and the Beatitudes. Well, I'm getting ready to speak again. And no one has raised their hand to ask to go to the bathroom. I don't know what to do with myself. It's a teacher joke. Uh, you guys ready for one more beatitude? Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's put it up on the board. Starts off like this, it reads, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yeah, take that in for a minute. Let it mellow in your mind. Chew on it for a moment. Filled, but never full. What could be more basic than food and water? (laughs) I think about it all day long. Am I the only one? Okay, good. I needed a witness out there. Does anyone else think about uh, what they're going to eat all day long? Oh, man. (sighs) I tried really hard to think of a time that uh, I was really hungry and all that I could think of was every day. (laughs) Uh, I'm one of those experts uh, at at, uh, thinking about food. I'm glad to know that I'm not alone. I I mean, like, I, I, I come from a family of Cajuns, okay? My mom's side of the family, they're all from South Louisiana. South Louisiana. It's a distinction that my grandfather always makes because it's somehow more different or extra Cajun in the South. Yeah, there's a whole different <laughs> there's a whole different culture and tradition down there. There's a weird language, but it's all French to me. Thank you, Johnny. You set it up. Uh, I failed to absorb it from my grandfather, despite his best efforts. It's a whole nother way of living that affects everything, but especially the food. Listen, don't you ever show up at my Nana's house not hungry. I have to plan ahead of time. I have to make sure that I do not eat. I have to run a 5K in the morning before I travel out to see here. I'm not lying. I'm telling you, this is the truth. Before I drive out there, and this is a long drive, like it, well, it's supposed to take about three and a half hours, but I, you know, it's a little less if you know how to use the gas pedal. When I get there, she doesn't even ask me if I'm hungry. She just gets up, goes to the kitchen, and she starts to cook, and she does whatever it is that she does in there. It's all a bit of a mystery. But I tell you this, that woman could make sticks from your yard taste good. And when it's Thanksgiving in my family, everybody brings their best dish. It's a whole production. I mean, I know that we, like, we all do Thanksgiving, but like Cajuns do it. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't, I, it's crazy. It's like loud. There's food everywhere. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> 
But you know, no matter how much food I eat, no matter how many buttons I have to undo to, to in, in my search for that second piece of pie, every time I eat my fill, I find myself hungry again a little later. I am filled, I am, but I am not full. Have you ever been hungry and thirsty for the wrong things? Have you eaten a lot of spiritual bread? You know, that stuff that comes out on the table before the meal. No matter how far I have come, I must still deal with the fact that I still long for a sin that I know is destructive and hurtful in my life. The hunger and thirst that Jesus is talking about here is a hunger and thirst that Christians feel to be free from their desire of sin. The great work that Jesus is interested in working in you and me is the work of reordering the things that we love, the things that we like, the things that we desire and hope for and long for. He says in his Sermon on the Mount that we only think that we haven't committed adultery and murder. But I tell you, he says, that anyone who is angry with their brother or sister is subject to judgment. And I tell you that anyone that looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery in their heart. He isn't interested in you performing or not performing all the right actions. He's interested in your heart. He wants you to want to do these things. I'm going to borrow an illustration from myself from a day or two ago. My mother, and I'll switch it to father because it's true for both sides. I'm a little bit of a forgetful person. But when I was younger, my mother would tell me to buy my father a Father's Day card. It was something I had to do. As I got older, she still reminds me. I think I remembered this year. I need to call my dad. As I get older, I shouldn't have to, to do, I shouldn't, be, uh, I shouldn't be doing this out of a, uh, uh, out of a obligation. Thank you. I should be doing it because I want to. God is interested in the desire of my heart. It's not enough that I put the card in the mail I have to want to do it. This desire for, for me, and I think for many of you, changes over time. The only formula that has ever worked is time spent with Jesus. And so it is that I invite you to hunger and thirst for Jesus as he transforms your heart to be filled but not full. George Knight puts it this way. We can be filled but we always want more. So it is, sorry, so it will be throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. We will always desire more of his love and of his fellowship. We will always desire to become more like him. One of the joys of the universe is that we can be filled without being permanently full. Heaven has already started for Christians in the sense that the joy of God's filling has already begun in our lives. Are you hearing the repeating theme? I want to be filled, but not full. The psalmist, 
defines it this way. As a deer longs for the streams of water, so my soul longs for my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with him? And as we try to answer the question for the psalmist today, you can go right now.